0: Well, hello, everybody. This is Marguerite Crispello, and welcome today to Real Estate Real World. I'm very excited to have a special guest today, Toby Spogato. Did I say that right, Toby?
1: Yep, you got it.
0: Nobody ever gets my name spelled right or pronounced right, so I try to be really conscious of it. But So Toby does a ton of stuff, but I want to let him kind of dive into his bio, and then we'll talk a little bit about some of the stuff you've done and what you're doing. So introduce yourself, Toby.
1: Yeah, Sure. So my name's Toby Salgado. I'm in San Diego. Uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. And, uh, you know, I get, invited, uh, I get invited on a lot of these kind of shows, uh, Marguerite. And, and re- here's the deal. Here's my kind of claim to fame, right? As an entrepreneur, everybody wants to make a million bucks. Now, in the last 15 years since 01, I've been – fortunate enough, again, because I've, I've, I've started multiple companies, but I've, I've been fortunate enough to make an inter- you know a, a, at least a million bucks in four different industries. And when I say a million bucks, that's a million bucks in my pocket, in my net worth. It's not a million bucks on the top line.
0: Nice. That's very nice. Yeah, a lot of people talk about making a million, but I've learned through my years that it's not what you make, it's what you keep, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I love how you talk about serial entrepreneur, and I was cracking up when I was reading your bio. And you tell, I would love for you to tell the story when you were nine years old and the toilet bowl cleaners.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, look, that's that's sort of like my first, my first, like kind of like you know, actual business, and and, and, and you know, and I was just not, it was okay. Look, here's the deal: I was nine. Um, And I was always I've always I'm a builder man. I want to I was always building stuff. I'm still like that. I still want to build something, whether that's a, you know, a skate ramp or 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 a company or whatever. So um, so I'm sitting on my dad's toilet and, you know, and he he, there was a magazine I picked up. It was Mother Earth News. Now, this is I don't even know if they do it anymore, but it's like kind of like a.
0: I remember. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So and I liked reading because, again, like you could build stuff like little solar panels or, you know, like outdoor or whatever. So I'm flipping through this, and I see this big ad, like a full page ad, and it was for uh, it was for toilet bowl cleaners. And I and I and it was again. I only looked because it was a full page ad. I remember the logo was blue, you know, right white background, blue logo, and then like this big red thing that says "double your money back guarantee." And, and I I was intrigued, so I was like, "What?" And I read it, and I was like, "Hey, you can double your money. Well, well, double your money back guarantee if you don't like it." So I was like, "Hold on, man. You know what I'm gonna do is is I'm gonna buy these. I'm gonna buy as many as I can." And then I'm going to return them, and I'm going to double my money. So, so I, you know, I, 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 write, I go out, you know, being nine, I go out and I tell my parents, I, I say, hey, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to double my money right here, and they're like, well, you, that's not really what it is. You can't do it. And so I thought about it. You know, I went to school. I couldn't shake the idea because I was like, double your money back because if it got me right, if I was that hooked, I, I assumed that everybody that saw it would be that hooked as well. So. I, I went to school, came back home, and I said, hey, you know, m- mom, you know, I'm going to – because here's the thing. That whole ad was to be a distributor, right? So you buy 10 cases, 5 cases, whatever, you get – and the more you bought, the cheaper they, they were. Um, so, so I said, I'm going to do it. And my parents were like, you know, uh, you go ahead, you know, give it a go. So I think I had like 300 bucks of my own money, and I took that 300 bucks and um, – and I borrowed another five hundred bucks from my parents, and I bought all these toy bowl cleaners. And literally, man, just got them in my room and started going down the street door knocking. Right, so I did my first capital raise. You know, I, I you know, that was my first farm. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I, I, I got two. Like, you know, I did more. I did better than a double on my money, which was cool for nine.
0: No kidding. I'm impressed that your parents will lend you five hundred dollars at nine years old.
1: Really? I'm not sure yeah. I would
0: no.
1: have done that with my kids. Yeah. Now they're they very much like that always.
0: You know what's funny is when I was around ten or eleven years old i lived I grew up in a town called Chico, and yep. uh there were a lot of walnuts that grew in Chico and they would just fall on the ground and mm-hmm. Diamond nuts was or diamond diamond nuts was had a factory there and if you brought them a fifty pound bag of nuts, they would give you five dollars mm. and so I figured out pretty early, well, I want to make some money, but I also figured out that I didn't like walking around collecting all the nuts. So I would pay my friends two dollars and fifty cents to pick up the nuts, and then I would go take the bags down and get five dollars
1: There you go, <laughs> leverage. You know what's funny? So, yeah. you know, so I spent, I spent, um, I spent three weeks one summer. I was probably probably like eleven or twelve. Spent three weeks one summer in Chico. And I remember having a really good time there. I don't know why. I remember, you know, my, I was with my grandparents. My grandma would drive down the road, and in Chico, you can. I remember uh, blackberries growing all over the side of the road. Yeah. So stop and pick them Yeah,
0: Bidwell Park, one of the best places on earth. Yeah, Chico's a great town. And so, from what do you think at that age, you know, you're learning? And what I think is so fascinating is that so much of that is basic sales skills that hardly anybody really applies. Like they talk about it, but they don't really apply it. So, yeah. I know that you also run a show uh, called Super Agents Live. Is that podcast still on? Or oh yeah. Something different oh yeah, oh yeah,
1: yeah, out? yeah. No, we're we're top one hundred in iTunes, man. For business, this, we we have about we're we're in a hundred and twenty countries, and uh, um, we have about forty thousand monthly listeners. So that show is is very much still going.
0: That's awesome. And I, you interviewed me on that show yep. last year. We did a, it. We did a cool interview. And so you've interviewed, what, hundreds of real estate agents now yeah. and, and top agents across the country. What do you find are similar traits of those agents?
1: So, yeah, okay, well, look, let me, let me just give a little bit of context here. So, so number one, the people that I have on my show are, are all, like, and everybody's been on my show. And again, if you, if you want to listen to my show, and I don't want to, you know, listen to Marguerites, but, you know, my, it's called Super Agents Live. I, you can find it on iTunes and Stitcher, and I've brought, you know, I've brought, everybody on, so all the big trainers, Mike Ferry, Tom Ferry, Bob Corcoran, all those guys that have been on my show, um, as well as all the big, you know, anybody doing 400 uh, or more transactions. So, and and you know, all the number ones, number one KW, REMAX, Coldwell, all those people have been on my show. And, and, and this year, we're taking a little bit uh, of, a, of a more, um, uh, instead of just looking for the people putting up raw numbers, we're looking for the people who are dominating you know, smaller markets. So you may be, you know, in some markets, you can dominate, you, know, you can do 120 transactions and be the number one guy or number two guy or girl. So so we're taking a little bit more of a geographic approach. But, but here's the thing marguerite so after having you know literally spending 400 hours like and i I, it's a pretty cool thing i get to do i get to literally spend like people that i would not be able to spend more than 10 minutes with come and i can i grill them for an hour so this shows an hour long so i think i think this i mean if you if you want to look at we've all heard that saying right success leaves clues and all that stuff and it's true and I, and I think that if you, if you if you if you if I step back for a second, right? There are three numbers. If you know if you're starting out in real estate, there are three numbers that, that, that are important. One is 20 deals. Now you can be super messy and still get to 20, but 20 is an important number. 50 is that next important number, and then the, and then the last number is 100. And if you can get to 100 you know you, you have you should have the systems and processes and and not work 100 hours right you know do 100 right. deals and have a decent you know 40 you know 45 50 hour week you know so then you can you can do a thousand right it's just a matter of, of of putting gas on the on on different components so so i think number 1 and this is going to sound so basic to so many people but the one thing that all those people have in common is that they treat real estate as a business right i mean most you know the yeah. the, the most people out there you know they just they get into real estate and they don't understand they're now a CEO now they're an entrepreneur right they just they all these a lot of these people do is they just go and get themselves another job so number 1 think of it as a business and as a business right how does a business run that you know it it ha, you know you have a marketing budget right you have an operating budget you know you have employees you have you know so i won't go to you know i won't go all the way down that rabbit hole but so 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 here here's another Thematically, common trait of all these people is, again, we've all heard focus on your dollar producing activities. Well, I hear that stuff, but, but how do you really uh, put it into practice? How do you put it into play, right? How do you put it into action? And I think one of the important things is, and this will help you think like a business owner, is you know, how much is your time worth? How much is it worth? Is it worth 20 bucks an hour? Is it worth 50? Is it worth 200, right? And some people come up at my show. I, I talked to a guy today. Um, you know, he did. Uh, he did. Uh, hold on, let's see if I have my notes in front of me. He did. I don't. Um, I don't know. He did like 270 deals, but um, he 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 uh, he he got 2.9 GCI, 2.9 million GCI out of those deals, and they weren't big deals. They were like under 300 thousand. So you know that guy's wow. running it very lean. So the deal is for him. He stepped back, and we talked about this. You know, he you know he can say, "Hey, listen, my time is worth eight hundred bucks an hour." Well, if whatever your time, whatever you value your time at, what don't do yeah, any don't task. Know. Well, right, the, r- 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 absolutely. But but the other thing is, don't do any task that is not worth that amount. If you can out, if your time is worth two hundred bucks an hour, if you can outsource that task to anyone else for less than that two hundred dollars an hour, do it. And I think again. Right. That's thinking like a CEO, a business owner, and, and and you know getting to scale and getting to leverage. Where uh, and then and then this gets into and I'm if, if I'm talking too much, Marguerite, just stop me. But uh, but I'll stop. Oh, no, my- I'll stop myself after this next thing. So again, I can tell you all that. You can go, oh, Toby, yeah, that makes sense. My time is worth hundred bucks an hour, so I'm going to outsource everything that's that's not hundred bucks. And when I say everything, I mean everything. I mean, if you let's say if your time is worth two hundred bucks an hour, how much time do you think you should be doing your laundry? Zero. How much time right. do you think? Right. How, you know, should you clean your house? No. You know, and at some point, at some point, let's say you say, "Hey, my time is worth 800 bucks an hour." Should you ever cook? uh, Number one, you should never go to the grocery store to buy food. You can outsource that. Number two, unless you like it, unless you, you know, you're a vegetable person and that's what you love doing. Um, Number two, you know what? Hire a chef. You know, you're gonna get you're you're gonna protect so much of your valuable time, so you can do what you're good at, what your training is. And two, you know what? You're going to have a better quality of life. So not, not only are you going to make more money, you're going to have more time. You're going to have a better quality of life. And, and I'll end – again, there's a million different things that are similar, but I'll end with this last thing. The last thing is mindset. And what I mean by that is you can you – can, again, I can tell you all this stuff. And you go, yeah, Toby, that makes sense. I, my, I want my time to be worth $300. bucks. i am not going to clean my house, and I'm not going to do my laundry, but I'm not, going to, I'm not at the point where I'm going to hire a chef. Well, you, guess what? You know what's happening right now is – you know, do you have, are you living in a, an abundance mindset or a scarcity mindset or a poverty mindset? Or is there something in the middle, right, this, this middle class mindset? You, you know, you have to ha- be in the right mindset to be able to take all this stuff that, that I'm telling you that I learned from all these other people, and, I, and I've experienced in my own life, you have to be in the right mindset to really digest it instead of just it, you listening to it and going in one ear and out the other, and maybe even write it down. But how do you digest it? How do you make that real and part of your life?
0: You know, I think that that's so fascinating for a couple of things. So. First of all, I've trained hundreds of agents in my local market. I've done a lot of training um, and and coaching. And one of the things that I see is that there's a, a, a huge distinction between the agent that does, you mentioned 20 deals, to the agent who does 100 deals. And what I've found is that the majority of those agents, they get to about 18 to 20, and they're so afraid of hiring help or bringing somebody on that they bounce back. 15 to 18 deals,
1: Mm -hmm. and they
0: can't break through that ceiling, right? Yep. And what I see is that the agent that does hire help breaks through that ceiling and is much more likely to hit that hundred plus units a year than an agent who won't hire help. It's just not possible. Absolutely. And the second thing, the second thing that I see has to do with really looking at what your time is worth, like you mentioned, like. I just don't think enough people look at that. You know, the the unfortunate part is the majority of people that get into real estate get in because they don't want to have a job, right? Yep. So they're sitting at their desk one day and the boss tells them one last time to do something and they've had it. They're like, I'm going to go get a job where, you know, I'm going to go into real estate where I don't have to work, where I can work when I want to work, do what I want to do. Right. And so they get into the real estate industry forgetting that they actually need to create a schedule and have and run it like a business. It's crazy. I would say that less than 1% of the agents out there run real estate really like a business. They run huh. it kind of fly by the seat of their pants and kind of work when they want to work and who
1: well, knows there, when yeah, they're yeah. going to
0: show up or when they're not going to show up.
1: Yeah, and I'll just let me let me just add on top of that, and, and I'll say what you're saying in a different way. You know, most agents will say, "Listen, I'm going to go sell real estate because I want to control my time, I want to have time freedom, and because I want financial freedom." But the deal is, the sad deal is, they abuse their finan- or they, they abuse their time freedom and never get anything close to financial freedom, and they find themselves really in a worse off state. Than when they had the job because because the deal is this you know if you you know let's say you have a boss you don't like, let's say you have a job that you don't like, and by the way here's a real stat marguerite and I just read this, but you know only twelve percent and, and I don't know if this is global or this you know what' I'm about this statistic I'm about to say there's lots of ways you can slice it right uh first world third world, right midwest america versus the 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 coast right very different lifestyles and all those different areas. But only 12% of people do something that they would like to do, okay? Most people, so what that that says is 88% of people do something they don't like. So, you know, they're going into a job they don't like and they're stressed out or whatever. But if you go into real estate without thinking of it like a business, what's going to happen is, number one, we all have a boss. We all – we all – Report to somebody, right? For for me and you, right? We have this audience that we report to. You, you know, I have clients that I report to because we all have a boss somewhere. You can never get rid of that. Um, you know, even right. uh, even Bill Gates, right? His 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 boss or his shareholders. So we all have a boss. We all answer to someone. And, but the deal is, going back to that agent who says, "I've had enough of you, Mike." Stop telling me, bossing me around, right? I'm going to go get real estate or do real estate. You know, they go do real estate, not thinking like a business. And then what happens? You know, this porpoising effect, right? They they do a bunch of work and they, they go up out of the water and all's good. And then they get lazy. And guess what? boom, There's, they have nothing, you know, they're in the trough of despair and, uh, and all of a sudden you have a very different kind of stress, right? Like, oh, geez, I got I to feed my kids and pay my mortgage and, pay, you know, so, you know, it's, we all have a boss and we all have, are going to have stresses uh, of one form or another. But again, I guess it all ties back into, hey, listen, if you want to be an entrepreneur, the first thing you need to learn is it takes money to make money. You cannot be afraid to, to lose money. Right, you cannot be afraid to fail. Uh, you cannot be afraid of rejection and no's. Right, and you need to think about again. This t- ties into mindset. Right, you know it's okay to fail because you're failing forward. It's okay to hear a no because you know what. You know one the, 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 it, there's only so many no's you're going to hear before you hear a yes. So rack those rack those failures up as soon as possible. Rack those no's up as soon as possible because you're getting to you. That, that's when you're going to see success.
0: Exactly, get them out of the way. Yep. <laughs> okay. You know, the part I love, too, that you were saying is that really look at what your time is worth. I know that, um, and not all women, but for the most part, women, when they get into real estate, also have a number of other responsibilities, kids, you know, husbands, household, all these different things. And what's funny is I remember when I first got into real estate, I made a deal with my husband. I said, if you get a wife, I get a wife, too. Which meant that I also had to, was able to have somebody that could do laundry and do you know housework and do all of those things. Yes. Yeah. And I'm amazed at kind of the lashback that I get from people. I can't believe you have a nanny and you have somebody to do all that. Like, well, first of all, I hate doing laundry. I'm horrible at it. And <laughs> so I was laughing when you were talking about laundry because we had new washer and dryer delivered a few months back, and my husband does his own laundry because he doesn't like the way our nanny does it. And the guy came to me to show me how to work the machine, and he says, um, "I don't think she's ever even looked at it. You might want to talk <laughs> to me." <laughs> that's funny. But I made the conscious decision when I got into real estate to look at it like a business and yeah. to outsource those things because that's not what I'm great at. So why right. spend my
1: time doing things I'm miserable at? Right. I mean, life is short, man. Um, you know, and and you know, and, and kind of, so here's the. Deal. I think you know if. You know, every I think audience, every host like you or me, right? I think we tend to attract a, a people that are similar to us or think like us. So I would imagine if you're, these kinds of issues are going to be coming up in the show, those are the kind of people that are going to listen. So if there's women listening right now, yeah, I think that that you know that mompreneur or or, or that that wife who who goes out and tries to start a, a real estate business. I think you know. Look, I feel bad. Feeling bad is not the right word or right way to say this. But look, you know, a man, uh, just the way the world works, right? The man goes out. He has a job. He comes home, and the wife's supposed to make dinner and you know and take care of him, right? And but when the woman goes out and you know starts her company. You know, she never gets to shed those other responsibilities. She's still the mom, exactly. She's still the wife, right? She's still the so. You know, it's it's you know I think it's difficult for that again that mompreneur, you know, going and 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 you know trying to do this on her own.
0: But they need to look at it differently, and I think that in in real estate as a whole, what. I would love to see is for people to look at it more as a professional standard, more as a business and how we operate and how we function. And I think that that has always been a struggle in the industry because it does attract those people who don't really look at it that way. You know, I always say a lot of people get into real estate, they piss off their family and friends and then they get out. (laughs) Right. So they were able to at least get their family and friends to use them. But beyond that, it's a struggle. And, because they don't really look at it from that business perspective, and to take that time and really look at it, what would you? What's the ideal experience for the client? What do you want people to say about you and your business? Those are the things that we need to focus on, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. I, yeah. I, and again, I, let me I, let me say let me take sixty seconds of your airtime, and and we'll pull off this. But but here, you know why I think that is the case. Why it's and you'll I'm sure you'll agree with me it's really a structural issue. It's, it's, the, it's, it's because there's such a low barrier to entry that, that that's why people don't think of it as a business. It, it, it's, you know, look, you can get you – know, it doesn't take very long in terms of hours to get your license. Whereas – and this is crazy, right? You can do a million-dollar deal with fundamentally no training, but uh, an esthetician like the girl who does your nails, um, their mm-hmm. training to get that license is like 800 hours. If you want to go cut hair, if you want to be a hair cutter at, at Supercuts, um, th- that's something like 400 hours. So you, you have all these gnarly you know uh, hurdles in terms of on-the-job training that you have, w- being a mechanic, doing hair, doing nails – that you don't have with real estate. So you have a super, super low barrier to entry. And so, you know, all these people are like, oh, yeah, I'll try it out. So, I mean, clearly, it's again, it's a structural problem. If there was bigger barriers to entry, I think, I think the, the, again, mindset, you know, of being more serious about this. Because if you had to make a 400 or 600-hour commitment of getting on-the-job training, trust me. By the time you got licensed, you're going to be like, hey, like this is, this is real deal. This is real business.
0: So if you're an agent out there and you're struggling, let's say you're one of those agents who's kind of hit that 18 to 20, 20 deal ceiling, what would you say would be the most important thing for them to get out there and do to really break through? Would it be hiring somebody? Would it be getting a coach? Would it be, you know, finding a training program? What would you say would take that agent to that real next level from that that kind of entry-level position sure. to the next step?
1: Yeah. And there's lots of ways. I mean, I I could answer that in in, in a million different ways. And, and at the end of the day, right. um, I think we're, we're recording. Yeah, we were right. It's not what you make. It's what you keep. So, so you're doing 18 deals. I don't know where you're at. you know, right. So going out and hiring a coach at a thousand dollars a month. eh, Look, I'm not, I'm not, I think coaching is very important. However, I think, and I've had all the coaches on my show, you know, I think too many times that person's doing 18 deals, they need, they need to know, okay, what do I need to do next? What am I doing wrong? What can I do better? And then, how? Get, ta- like, strategically, what is it? And then tactically, how? So, so I'd be careful about getting a coach, although you do need something. Here's what I would say. If you're doing 18 deals, <clears throat> you can easily do, I don't care, look, real estate is a contact sport it's about going out making contacts and letting and, and, and just offering yourself. how can i help you right so go and make contacts you need a, you need to you, you can do 40 deals a year in your sphere i believe w- without a huge amount of problem okay so so now you have your, your and look you know you again you can set you can set uh, that person you can set, you can set either one or two things right either a volume i want to get i want to do this much volume or this many transactions per channel. Okay, so so if you can say, okay, I'm going to do 30 deals this year with my sphere, and then if that's the case, don't mess with 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 you know Facebook ads. Don't don't mess with all that other stuff. I mean, you can play with open houses, but focus on your sphere. Okay, so 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 I would I would say I would number one say focus on the channel that is working for you today. Let's optimize that. Secondarily, you need some help. So if you are optimizing your sphere of influence channel, that doesn't take money. So you don't need, you don't need marketing money and you shouldn't need help doing that, right? Because these are your relationships. You're just trying to one, get more relationships and two, deepen the ones that you have. So, so what I would say that you should do is you can you know, for every listing, whatever, for every deal that you have, I look, you know, I flipped a bunch of houses and, and commonly I, I would see a line item that was for a transaction coordinator. Now, I was paying for that. That person, that agent, to literally just put in six hundred bucks for a transaction coordinator. Now I'm smart enough that I read it enough. I'm like, oh, what is this, right? And then I'd say, take that thing out of there. Now most people are not smart enough to, to number one, actually maybe go through, you know, at closing line item by line item, like I would. Uh, and two, they might not be have the, they, you know, they may be scared or not even know they can say, hey, take that out of there. You're going to eat that agent. So I would say, okay focus on getting the, the, your high-quality leads and from your sphere right, that you can build with, with virtually no money, just time, and then, and then start to add a $600 um, a transaction coordinator line item where, it's, again, it's you're hiring, but you're not really paying for it. Um, so that's, that's the first thing I would do. And once you kind of get that dialed in, then I would say, okay, let's you know we have that dialed in. Right, you were doing eighteen. We've gotten you up another you know thirty percent. now you're at thirty. Let's add in an additional channel, right? So again, depending on how much money you have, we can find you know there's lots of channels. You know, if you think about leads and channels, there's there's both online channels, offline channels right? Um, each of those have different quality uh, of leads and different sales cycles. There are, you know, so offline, online, and then there's free and paid. So again, depending on, this is what kind of where a good coach will help you say, okay, let's, let's mix and match channels to fit both your personality because not, door knocking, for example, is not for everybody, right? Um, so what's going to fit your personality in terms of a channel and what's going to fit your budget? So I, there's not a great answer for that question, Marguerite. It's, there's not necessarily one size fits all.
0: So let's clear up the word channel. So channel comes from, uh, Get me correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. are the avenues from which where your business is coming from. So, for example, you say sphere, I call it database. Your database is a place where you have taken all your contacts, put them in, and you. your goal is that's one of your channels, that that's where business is going to come from. Another yeah. one might be. Business sources. Like for me, I for a while I was selling a lot of REOs. So I had different banks that were a business connection. So one of my channels was business people. I'm getting business from business people. I'm getting business from my database. And then I'm getting business from advertising in certain areas, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely, right? So you can you could even have, uh, you know, uh, there's a guy named, uh, that I just had on the show. You should have him on your show. Got him, Chris Suarez. And he's like this crazy, uh, I think he's in Oregon crazy like open house guy and you know and and so for him he loves them he's good at them he's got a very clear system for doing them and so for him open houses are a channel and and for him like his he's got an interesting outlook he's like hey every channel that i do or or lead source however you want to put it for every channel that i do i'm going to grow it to 20 million dollars Before I move on to another, I'm going to optimize it to $20 million. So he optimizes open house strategy. He's doing $20 million. Now he's, I forget what he's on to now, but yeah. And I would say this, you know, at the end of the day, right? So for that, that earlier, I tried to answer that question that you had and I, and I focused just on one channel, which was sphere, but, but you need as an agent, wherever, I don't care if you're doing 18 or 180 deals, you need to have at least five different channels. Now, and again, ideally, you'll have five different channels that don't overlap, right? Your sphere of influence is one, right? Those are all your friends. Those are all the people you know. That's one channel. Then, you, then hopefully you have a farm, you know, and then that farm, you can knock it, you can call it, you can mail it, whatever. But that's, a, that's another channel. So now you have two channels operating in tandem that don't overlap. Now, once you get to five, different channels and you're, and you're doing all the right stuff, what, what starts to happen is you start to get synergy between whatever outreach you're doing or whatever marketing you're doing to, to those channels. You start to get some of that overlap, so you start to get some synergy and you start to, there's this multiplier effect that starts to happen.
0: So you can even look at that as five different independent businesses in a way. Kind of, Because yep. they're each going to be handled and marketed to differently or the process and systems. I mean, a lot of it is. Similar and overlapping, like you're talking about, but I love the thought of having really looking at that as five different revenue streams mm-hmm. and looking at them and and really reporting on them separately, you know, even like you mentioned the open house, once you get that system dialed, now it can really operate on its own in a lot of ways.
1: Absolutely. We'll talk about that 100%. And here's the thing. Here's the, so if, if you actually thought of those as different business lines, so you know, if we think of it in retail, right, you, you, have, um, you, know, you have shoes, you have skirts, you have blouses, and you have those little, you know, whatever little trinkets that sit on the counter, right, all those things are retail. All those things are fashion items, whatever. But each one of those are, is going to have a different sales cycle. And this, I'll, I'll tie this in a second. They'll have a different sales cycle. And they're going to have a different, um, uh, you know, um, uh, different revenue and different bottom line, right? Some, some bigger right. Pro- profit margin.
0: Higher profit margin,
1: right? Right, right. Higher pro- so, so, you know, with online leads, right, online leads, if you, if you go and that's a channel. And online should always be a channel for you, clearly. It's 2015. Uh, but, you know, by, but online leads typically, as you know, are uh, not necessarily low quality, although lots of people will say they are low quality. but, uh, but Lower there are conversion. Lower conversion. And longer sales cycle. Whereas if you were door knocking, for example, right? Real estate's a contact sport. If you were door knocking, for example, um, um, you know, those are much, high, you know, you're going to have a bigger conversion or a higher conversion rate, number one. And number two, those people are going to fundamentally be going, yeah, right now. Because if somebody's thinking about selling next year, they're not going to give you their email address for you to get on, for, for you to put them on your newsletter Whereas somebody right. online will, but if you, if you meet somebody, you go, Hey, listen, my name's Marguerite. I just took over this area. I look, I'm trying to meet everybody in the neighborhood. Do you have anybody you can rely on when you have questions about real estate? Cause we don't, I'd love to be that person. You know, yeah. Hey, I'm thinking right. about selling. Boom. Right. So, so yeah. So higher conversions and faster turn. So, but sorry. So, yeah. So t- I think that's key. Right. So the tie into this is as you start to track everything, and, you, and if you looked at all these different uh, channels as different product lines, right, similar to that to that fashion store, you know, you'll start to you'll start to know, like intuitively, okay, this is where I double down on in terms of marketing. Once you get to spending those dollars, um, and, and this is kind of what I I can expect because, you know. A real business, a real business is, you know, every business, uh, whether it's from, you know, financial firms to, to whatever, everybody can forecast. Everybody can go, okay, listen, we're forecasting for next quarter and, and next year this much in revenue and this much in profit margin. How many real estate agents, honestly, can, li- can, do, can do future forecasting rather than past forecasting? I can't,
0: I can't even imagine that agents even ever think to do that.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to that top 1%, that top 1%, th- those guys track everything and they you know, they know they, they can, those guys do future forecast, um, but, but most people don't. And most people, I mean, I mean well, I'm talking 95% of agents out there can't even, can't even look in the rearview mirror and know, okay, this is what marketing worked, this is, this is how many deals can be associated to, to this or that or the other thing. Tracking is key. That's another thing that everybody should be doing.
0: Well, the thing that I love about tracking, and I I just convert it to the word numbers, is that numbers don't lie. It's not personal, right? So the numbers are what they are. Either you're doing the numbers or you're not doing the numbers. For example, if you bring in 100 leads and you convert one, you've got a 1% conversion rate. (laughs) Yep. So now it's, it's now one of two things. Either you have to figure out where you're advertising and seeing if you need to advertise in a different direction, or you've got to look within and figure out what is your conversion rate, what is it you're not doing to convert those leads. Yeah, But no, the numbers give you that direction and that guidance into where to look and how to fix it, don't you think?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, here's, a, a, you know, a, here's another. I'm dropping all these lines that we've all heard, or hopefully we've all heard, which is if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So if you don't like again, if you can't go back and measure it, like, okay, hundred leads, here's my conversion and here's much, here's much I spent, I, you know, I spent $10,000, a thousand dollars, whatever it is, you know, on these hundred leads and I converted one, which is 1%. So what is my cost per acquisition, right? What does it cost me to get a deal? And if, and, and if, and if, you know, and, and if you go, oh geez, I just spent $10,000 to get one deal and I only, and that was a, you know, it was a $500,000 house and I made 11 grand well, I'm spending ten grand. Like that, like your return is you to know, get a so, thousand, right? That yeah. Makes sense. So, so you gotta, you know, right? You gotta, you gotta look and see. And there's when it comes to marketing, there's that's a whole other thing because it's it's like, okay, is the place that you're marketing right or wrong? Is you know, are you doing too too? Too little of it or too much of it, because at some point you do get diminishing returns, right? You can put, if you put a thousand dollars in and you get forty thousand dollars back, that's one thing. But just but then you know if you bump your input into eighty thousand dollars, you know that it, it doesn't rise in lockstep. So at some point you get a diminishing return. And but the second thing, uh, um, Marguerite, is. You know, it comes down to: Are you, you know, marketing copy? Is your copy, copy, right? What you say in your ad or your marketing pieces, you know, is that resonating? You might be able. Look, here's what I'll say: For marketing to work, you need three things to, to always happen, and the first thing is this: You need to be talking to the right demographic. So, you know, if you go out and you were, uh, you know, and you're, you're, uh, this is crazy. This is absurd what I'm about to say, but just to, just to illustrate the point. You know, let's say that, you know, you, you said, oh, I'm going to do TV and I'm going to run all my commercials, um, you know, during the, the Disney hour Saturday morning. Well, you're not talking to the right demographic. You can spend <laughs> $3 million and you're not going to sell a house. Well, maybe you would. Maybe the dad or mom's watching it. But so you have to talk, you have to be marketing to the right demographics you need, you need to put some thought into okay who am i trying to reach uh, second second is you know is the copyright you know the, the the if you like we do radio we do radio in a very unique way but you know typical radio or tv folks will say listen they they juice it all on impressions all on uh, it's called frequency and frequency is the number of times a person will see your 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 uh, um advertisement Right so in the olden days and you don't see this very much anymore but you know in the olden days people would have you know you you, uh, you know uh, bus stop benches right Margareta Casp- right. Prespilo bus stop bench you know, at the at the at the grocery store right you have your face on the on the basket those are all impressions and and the old model of marketing is okay somebody needs to see Marguerite's face seven times before they remember it and somebody needs to hear her voice another, I think, like nine times before, like, they'll call you, right? Even if they want the service that, that you're offering. So, so, again, this comes back to copy. Are you going to write an offer, a true advertisement, or are you going to do marketing? Which marketing and advertising two different things, right? Marketing is all about impressions or frequency advertising is I'm advertising something, right? Today only, you know, oranges, uh, the, the, the bag of walnuts, 50 pounds for five bucks. That's an advertisement. That's not marketing.
0: But So one of the things that I see, though, with advertising and marketing for agents as a whole is that if you don't track it, it doesn't do any good.
1: Yeah, so no, of course. are
0: not, you know, if you're running an ad and like typically what I'll find is when I talk to an agent, I'll say, so where does your business come from? Oh, it all comes from referrals is what they typically say. But if they do do some advertising, I'll say, okay, well, how do you know if it's working or not? And the typical response is, well, if I get one deal from it, it pays for itself. <laughs> well, that's fantastic if you even know where that deal came from. But yeah. if you're not tracking where it came from, it's a complete waste of money.
1: Yep. Yep. And and I think I I 100% agree and and so you know so then it's like okay well what do you do to track that piece and I mean we can talk about tactically and it's easy what you should do but you know but again those people are operating in that older mindset of impressions of frequency they're like dad, yeah, I really don't care if I get one deal it pays for itself so they're banking on they're banking on you know impressions or frequency and look and you can there is a point there's a tipping point where that does work you know let's say that you have a farm and you are doing all the right stuff in that farm, right? You're knocking it, you're mailing it, you know, and you're calling into it. So you're doing all, you're 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 touching that farm, right? You're making all these impressions to to the farm. And then maybe, let's just say, like this would be ideal. You know, there's one uh, there's one inroad and outroad, right? One road to access this farm, and one road out. You know, and let's say that those are, you happen to be able to get a big billboard there. Well, you know what? Unless you used a unique number, which you can, you can use a unique Google Voice number on that billboard and track the number of calls that you got from that. Um, but but again, like that's something where all, all of a sudden you would probably would reach this tipping point where you know you, you you are kind of ever present. That's where when marketing becomes, you start to get the synergy between all these other things that you're doing. And and you know then that billboard, well every single thing you do there, phone call, knock, mail, and billboard, they start all start to play off one another, right? And they start to synergize one another, and you, you start to get a, 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 again just a multiplier effect on everything you do there. But but but. You, that's you, you, that's a long, that's very difficult to get to.
0: So just to tie all this together, what it really comes down to is what we spoke about in the beginning is really looking at your, your business like a business and mm-hmm. being strategic about it and thinking things through and not just flying by the seat of your pants, which is really what I see the majority of agents doing. Because yeah. everything that you said today is, Okay, have you thought this through? Have you thought about where you're going to advertise, where you're going to market, how you're going to market, where's your business going to come from? What does your business look like? Do you have a schedule, right? Right. Do you even show up as a professional? All of those things are such key components of any business. And in and, and all these people you've interviewed, that seems to be a common thread. Would you not agree?
1: Yeah, yeah. You can't, you know, again, everybody comes on my show, you know, I mean, all these people are, are, you know, top five in their market. You can't, you can't win, man. You can't, you know, there's a lot of hungry people, a lot of smart people out there, but you need to have the full package. And again, none of this stuff is rocket science. Just do it. It's basic. It's basic stuff. You know, it's all this stuff is basic. Um, but yeah, everybody. That if you if you want to be you know top if you want to sell three hundred deals or more if you want to be the top person in your market, you need this. You need to be the CEO of your business, of your small business. And you know what? Think of think of it. Think of everything you do as how does this impact you know? And and, and look, I'm, I know I'm bouncing around, and that, this is how, if people that know me. This this is how I talk all the time. But but you know you know what what do you stand for? Right? You know does does your brand in addition to talking to the right demographic, there, there needs to be something called market message fit. So, you know, is, is, you know, in terms of marketing, and this also goes for your brand, is, does your brand speak to the market? Is it saying the right thing? So, and I'll illustrate this in a second. You know, is your messaging fit, does your messaging fit the market? Now here's an easy, easy way to understand what I'm saying. And I'm not saying it's all that complicated, but so if you look at just if you look at uh, generations right you have boomers you have Gen Xers, and I think you and I are both Gen Xers, Margaret. And then you have Millennials. Oh. Okay, now each oh. of those, each of those, each of those, you know, and if we let's take out Gen Xers for a second, you have Millennials, and, and Millennials are you know 35 and under. And then you have Boomers. Now those two people want to communicate in a very different way. You know, a wow. native, right? A Boomer wants to hop on the phone. They don't necessarily want to mess around with that Google thing, right? Whereas right. Whereas you know millennials, they don't want to talk to you. They you know, like just text them or tweet them. Text me, so, right? <laughs> that's it. Text me or tweet me. That's it. So, so again, if you are marketing to you know, if you have uh, um, a millennial message, um, hey, you know, um, uh, uh, what's the what's the thing that you take a picture of it? I don't know why I can't think of it right now. Oh, uh, uh, um, the QR anyhow. code. QR code, right? So if you are if you have a QR code embedded into your into your marketing piece, but but you're sending it out to the to the local like tennis uh, or, or golf club where the average age is yeah, 60?
0: Two different right, different, two different things,
1: right? So so message market fit that your messaging needs to match the market that you're do, that you're going after.
0: So where do you think things are going towards? I mean, do you think it's moving more in that direction? Like, what do you see from all the people you're talking to? Where do you See the industry going
1: as a whole. Yeah, that's a good question. question, That's well, that's a really good question. I don't think anybody knows. I mean, I you know, it's it's you know, you can look at it in one way and go, okay, what you know, what further stranglehold is is a Trulier or Zillow going to have on the market? You know, the big question is this: Are are real estate agents going to be disintermediated out of the market, similar to what we saw with with uh, with travel agents? Now. Yeah, I've thought a lot about this because if I could figure it out, I would launch that business and I would disintermediate all of you guys. Um, But I don't think that I don't think that's you know that may happen in the future. But I think I think right now I think that we still live in a world where you know just because somebody has access to the data doesn't mean they know how to unpack that data, right? You, you know, it, oh, yeah. and this is, this is where, you know, you as a real estate agent, you know, you don't have, you know, access to data. You, that's not yours anymore. Before, that's the power you had. Now every, it's omnipresent, it's everywhere. So you need to be a true expert in terms of going, okay, here's how to distill this data. And, and, Here's, you know, let me give you a peek into the future, right? And, and right now we're recording, you know, May 2015. You know, a, a rate hike is inevitable. So if you want to add value to, your, to, your, to the people that you work with or, you know, your clients, right, you should be setting them up for, hey, listen, here's what's up. Rates are going to go up. Every 25 basis points that rates go up, X amount, this X amount of people gets locked out of the market. This is what happens to prices, right? So are so, so agents going to be disintermediated, at, not in the near future? Um, uh, I, I do see, I think that what agents, where agents can win is in addition to all the stuff we've been talking about, be deliberate about your business and think of his business and all that stuff and simple as having a schedule. You know, you, you, we all need a unique value proposition. We all need a unique selling proposition. We all need to be different from the next person over. And I think uh, some of the easy ways, some of the easy ways that we can do that today is Again, you know, you have a sphere, you have a database. You know what? You should go through and grade that database in multiple levels. So you can grade it to how close you are to that person, number one, right? So then you know that the, the top 50 people in there that you're close to, That you know call those people, but but you can also you know grade it to where okay let me grade this in terms of uh, uh, millennials, Gen Xers, and Boomers. And the reason why that's the case is because you know Boomers, if you want to you want to create custom tailored content. To, to each of your, the people that you work with, right? Just like you and I are doing podcasts, and we are doing very tailored content, right? We're talking about a very specific thing to a very specific audience member, whereas before it might have just been a business show, right? So the world is all- getting very, very tailored. So, you know, let's say you went to your database and you graded it. Okay, Millennial Gen X Boomer, create content that you're going to drip to these people, in in that again market message fit so all your boomers you know what maybe they want maybe they want um, you know long form handwritten notes sent in the mail and by the way here's I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a, a, a tool that maybe you didn't know about Marguerite even though I know you're you're very cutting edge but you know there's a there's a, a company called HelloBond.com do you know HelloBond?
0: No, uh-uh. so
1: it's called HelloBond, Bond like James Bond. HelloBond.com. Hello Bond for two or three bucks, depending on what, what plan you get on, you can, you can, on your mobile device, on your, on your PC, whatever, right, you, just have, you and I just have a meeting, right? Um, you and I, and you, you say, hey, you know what, I, Toby spent an hour with me, that's cool, let me send him in a handwritten note. But you don't want to take the time to do it. So you jump on Hello Bond, you type whatever, hey, Toby, you know, thanks for coming on, I had a good time, let's stay in touch. And you, and, but you're on Hello Bond's platform. They have a machine, and you can pick that. They, they have a machine that will literally take a beautiful Mont Blanc pen and ha, hand write out the, the 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 letter to me, as well as the the envelope. So when I see it, it's beautiful. I can tell it's ink. It looks like you know you took a you know you have beautiful handwriting, and I took so it's, you know two or three bucks. Boom, boom, boom. Right? You send it out to me. So, wow. so so again, you know, if you have your top fifty boomers or however you want to do this, you know what? You should write those people handwritten notes once a month. And again, it takes money to do this. You have fifty people, it costs three bucks. It's 150 bucks a month. It's well worth it. Because you know what? Absolutely. You know, and then, so for the for your for your millennials, we'll just go to the other way because it's easy. You know, you, you have their email address, right? You have their text. And you should be you should be cutting a video for those guys. Hey, hey, everybody! Guess what? It's Marguerite. You know, I, I, I haven't talked to you since last month. Let me tell you what is going on. And you could do a couple things, right? You could because they're millennials. You could talk about again. I don't want to give you content, but you could talk about stuff that's going on in the community. Hey, give me a call if you know. The, right. the, you know whatever. Um, it doesn't always have to be real estate. And again, that's a mistake I think people make. You know, they they jump on social and and you know they're on Facebook, but it's all like check out this three two boring like to, right. you know. <laughs> To, you know, ignore. <laughs> Who cares about that? Yeah. You know, one so, of my
0: favorite quotes is get rich in your niche. If you really just pick a niche. And it doesn't mean you can only do one niche. You can have channel. We can call niche a channel, right? Sure. And niche. Yeah. Is, you know, if you just stay focused on how to market, how to communicate, how to how to be strategic with that one niche. Right. It's amazing what you can do.
1: Yeah. And, and, and if you, if you did that, if it was equestrian property or, you know, downtown condos or waterfront or whatever, I think, I th- you know, having a niche is, is, it, it, I think that takes a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of work you have to do because you are starting a company. But I think if you say, okay, listen, I'm only, I'm only doing waterfront homes or downtown condos. It's easier to get content, easier to deliver content. Your, your, your database will be a, a, a lot more um, homogenous because you know they all came through you know your high rise condo and again you can have high, you can do downtown and you can do equestrian and you can do waterfront but again right those 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 people in your database you know, I, to answer your question Marguerite, where is real estate going i think it's going to become highly highly curated and i think that's what you you need to be the ex downtown waterfront equestrian whatever expert so when you talk to me you, you know i need you to know that i'm You know, I want I want to believe that you're the equestrian expert because that's what I'm interested in. So when you communicate with me, that's what that's what don't don't send me some downtown condo crap when you know I came to your equestrian open house, right? So that's how you should tag me. That's how you should talk to me. You know, so so by niche and then by I totally agree. Yeah, thanks. Good, appreciate it. Well, you know
0: what? I think that this has been awesome. I know, kinda I don't want to use up too much of your time, but you've given us a million ideas today, and it's really exciting i'm going to go check out the hello bond and some of the other stuff but you know i really hope that people take away from this how important it is to really look at your business like a business yeah and for you toby having talked to hundreds of agents i mean i definitely look at you as an authority on what these people are doing right and that's got to be the key
1: yeah, and I'm you know yeah I appreciate, it. and I'm 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 actually in a very fortunate situation in the sense you know I built a bunch of companies my own, but but you know I get I, I again I'm fortunate to be able to sit down with some of the brightest people or the brightest people in real estate and and poke and prod at them and uh, and, and, and man I, I you know there's a lot of times people come on my show and it's my show. And, you know, and, you know, my responsibilities to my audience and I don't let them get away with stuff, you know, if, if I don't think that they're delivering it, I'll say, hey, hold on, hold on, <laughs> you be, let, let's go one step deeper with that. So, uh, so yeah, so my goal is, is to, is to, to, to get better at the show and, and uh, anybody out there, you know, if you want to listen to my show, I'd encourage you to go take a look at it and, and it's all free, you know, it's free for everybody to come on. It's free for everybody to listen to.
0: And it's superagentslive.com, right?
1: Yeah, that's where that's the website, and you can subscribe uh, to, uh, to the to the actual podcast show in i. You can listen to it there, or go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio.
0: Awesome! And what we'll do is on on our website, we'll definitely post the links to it so people can reach out to
1: you and listen to your show. I know
0: I've listened to a lot of the episodes; they're really great. That's awesome. So you can get you can subscribe to it on your um, on your iPhone and just have it automatically download the iTunes which you can do on our show as well. You can look up Marguerite below or com on iTunes, and you can subscribe to the podcast. So thank you, Toby, so much for being on our show today. It was really great having you. You always deliver a ton of great information. So definitely check out his podcast on superagentlive.com. And thank you so much, Toby.
1: No, thank you. I appreciate you, I appreciate you inviting me on, Chris. Be Marguerite, Margaret. Um I had a great time with you on my show, uh, and I think even I had your brother on my show, didn't I? Yeah, I think you had my
0: brother Vince. Vince Yeah, he, he was he was a guest on my show. I actually got the idea for the podcast from being on yours and listening. I kind like, oh, I want to do that too. I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> so I'm doing yes. a lot more podcasts and moving into some coaching and training and that kind of stuff. So.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you, I I would, I would, I'm curious. This is another thing I've been thinking about: is how do you, you know, um, because a lot of people reach out to me and go, "Hey, you know, will you coach me to to start a podcast?" Now, I don't, I don't have time to do that, so I I don't do it. But, um, but you know, I've been really trying to think about how do you do a hyper local um, podcast. You know, and, and and get people, you know, in your, y- y- where you know, I'm in San Diego, right? I want people to tune in and, like, look, this is a radio show. So, you know, if you're going to listen to, you know, 6.40 a.m., why aren't you going to listen to Mar- Marguerite Crespillo's show, and she talks about, you know, local things. So uh, I've been thinking about, you know, what that model looks like.
0: I think that's a great idea. So um, definitely for people. Well, and And you're moving into doing a lot of radio stuff too, aren't you?
1: Yeah, so we launched we launched a radio advertising agency that's called realestateradioexperts.com, and, and so we're a full service agency. One of the things that I saw is, you know, at some point with all these top producing p- folks, you know, you, you can you can only have a, so big of a farm. You can only, you know, there's print, there's mailing, there's there's all the stuff that you can do, but then what? and sort of the icing on the, the one thing I've been, I've talked about multiplier effect. The one thing that you can do once you've sort of done everything else, and you think you have it optimized is, is TV and radio. And it is crazy effective. I mean, instead of reaching a farm of three, five or 10,000, you know, literally like in some market, we have a guy in Baltimore, we have a guy in Chicago. I mean, you know, there's, Literally, like you throw out a message and you you know, a 1.5 million people are saying are listening to it. And the way we write copy, and this this goes back to right, advertising versus marketing. We write copy as an advertisement with an offer. Hey, listen, Marguerite has got a uh, got a, a proven marketing system to sell your house. She'll do it in 30 days, or you pay her nothing. Here's the deal. You sit down, you know, blah blah blah. blah. You know, call Marguerite right now. And and um, you know, I have a I have a girl. This girl, lady, whatever, uh, in uh, in um, New Jersey. Uh, she's in New Jersey. She's on this uh, not even a big. It's just a real. It's just a right uh, uh, radio station. She will get. She will get eight calls. Well, six to eight calls a day. Now that's rare. It's, you know getting one or two or you know four in a week is what you want because on average, what we're seeing is every seven calls you get is three deals. That's the deal. You get seven calls. Wow. There's there's three deals in there. So she literally is getting a deal a day, and and, and she's so That's she's, amazing. oh, and, and her she's only spending like four grand a month. She's killing it out there. She's murdering. Wow. It. And she's so. So if somebody
0: was interested in doing some of the radio stuff. How would they get a hold of you on that same website? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can either just go to Super Agents Live. I have a Dominate with Radio tab. I have a getting started sheet. Give me some background information because radio is not for everybody. You know, I don't want to put somebody on that's doing, you know, that 18. to. I want you to be doing 60, 70 deals uh, before I put you on the radio because that's when, you know, it really starts to work. But yeah, look, wherever you're at, if you want to talk about radio, you know, just like this, show, I'm happy to share. So um, awesome. So go check it out.
0: Well, thank you again, Toby. I appreciate you being on the show. We'll definitely be getting this out on Facebook and website and everywhere else. So tune in to both my show and Toby's show. He's got an awesome, awesome guest on his show, and we're doing the same thing over here. So thanks again for your time.
1: You got it. All right. Talk to you soon.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Thanks Bye. a lot, Toby.